Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. This is the final week of our What Love Does series. So it is an Easter-based series, and we've been looking at the many ways that Jesus models love in action. Um, And at this point, in the text that we're going to be looking at, he is leaving his disciples and he is sending them out. It's called the Great Commission, the Great Sending Out. And he is instructing them to show what he started, his love to other people. But before we go to the text, I just want to say that as I was preparing this, I feel a bit funny talking to Life Church Lashford about love does. Because when it comes to loving others, I kept thinking, you guys already get this. Life Church Lashford knows what it is to love people. And I want you to be encouraged by that. I see that. At the entire time I was putting this together, I said, but they already know this. They know how to do this. They know how to step out. They know how to love people. So I hope that even though I will be talking about this, stepping out and loving people, and sharing the name of Jesus, that you will still be encouraged. And that maybe there are some people who um, need to rediscover what the beauty of Christ is for themselves. We're going to talk about that. And then also... That maybe there are some people on the sidelines who just need that, that just nudge to get out there and to love well. Um, so be encouraged before I get started that you already do this. You already do this well. So let's look at the scripture. If you could turn to Matthew 28. So we're going to be looking at Matthew 28, 16 to 20. It is called the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And you can see that I've bolded the actions here. That would be a theme for this morning. We are moving into action. So if you think about, I don't have a title for this message because it is what love does. We get the response now of stepping in and saying yes to everything that we've been hearing in this series. This is Action, it's yeah. love and action. Um, so you will see as we go through some scripture, there will be bolded words, and these are just to emphasize actions. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, Jesus is telling his disciples, You will be continuing the work that I did. 
you will be speaking about me. You will be making disciples. You will be multiplying. So it's not going to be their responsibility now to talk about Jesus. In the 90s, as a teenager, a trend came about of how to tell people about Jesus. Cheesy Christian t-shirts. Love it, love it, love it. Alright, we're going to go through a couple cheesy Christian t-shirts. Now, as you can see, there would be a popular brand or item, and then someone would make a parody about it, and you would buy your t-shirt, and you would know that all of your friends would know you're a Christian. So I'm going to read you what these say, because they're really good. They're really good, guys. So this one says, Jesus, sweet savior, Oh, okay, next one, yeah. Fed up. Give God control. He will live Oh, yeah. Okay, so we have, instead of enjoy Coca-Cola, we have, enjoy Jesus Christ that shall not thirst. Wow. And instead of Sprite, with the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, oh, man. Um, right. This one. This one is the absolute best. I was praying and praying this preach and laughing alone to myself. Yeah. Listen to these. Catch up with Jesus. This is best. Blessed from my head to my toes. To my tomatoes. To my toes. Alright guys, it gets worse. Relish sweet Jesus. Let's exalt his name together. And May your light shine for Jesus. <laughs> May your light shine for Jesus. Let's spread it around. Spread it around. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, um, Amazon is now amazing God. In the days of MySpace, we had MySpace before Facebook, Jesus died for MySpace in heaven. And God wants you to be saved. Um, okay, and then obviously I'm a Star Wars fan, so I'm going to be putting this on here. Uh, spirit Wars, the soul awakens. Imagine wearing that, and hey guys, look, look, I'm a Christian. Look, I'm like, that's just weird. That's just ridiculous. What is that? Um, it's a Friday on show. This is an actual shirt I've seen someone wear before, and they will know we are Christians by our t shirts. Wow. <laughs> um, so what I want to say to that is no. Um, yes, people may know we are Christians by our t-shirts and what they say, and they are funny, but a t-shirt is not responsible for communicating the love of Jesus. That is something that is on us. Jesus said, people will understand what it's like between me and you, our relationship, by how you treat one another. That is how they will know that you are a Christian, by how you love someone. That they will know what we believe about Jesus because of how we treat one another. So let's go back to Matthew 28. So when we were reading that, I just want to point out a couple things that stood out to me about this passage. So when Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven on earth, the authority of Jesus goes before the command. It gives us an indication that he has all authority to ask us this. But he's not just asking, he's commanding. This is not a suggestion. This is a command. And we can trust him because he has all authority. And then secondly, the disciples were probably going, this is, this is great, thanks for letting us know, but you're leaving us. This is an end. But it's actually the beginning for them. 
that is the start of something wonderful. And even though we might be in a place where we're starting and we are going to be stepping out, Jesus goes before us. Yeah. And we can follow in his footsteps. And so I want to look a little bit into more about what Jesus was committed to on earth so then we know how to follow him. So let's look at Luke 4. Luke 4, 18 to 19 said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So, I want us to remember that Jesus is our model. Everything that we have learned in this series, and everything we know about how to love one another and make disciples is because Jesus did it first. Yeah. And if we have any doubt, we can look towards him. And just a recap of what we've seen in the past two scripture passages is we are to bring good news. We are to bring the gospel. We are to make disciples. We are to proclaim his promises to people, things that are not yet, but they are because he sees them that way to teach others, and to obey his commands. All of these are so action-based, and we can be encouraged to step out and follow what he has done. So he tells us that we're Christians. He tells us we're different. We are his chosen people. We belong to him. So it is our job to proclaim the goodness of God, because we know it firsthand. Um, so why is it that Jesus compels us to do this? What is it about Jesus to you personally that makes you want to tell the world about this goodness? I would like to start there first. Um, so there was a quote that I saw on Instagram, and I saw it um, a few weeks ago, and Adele saw it, and they were talking about it, and it offers an interesting perspective, and I want to talk a little bit through it. It says, it's been said that no one ever became a Christian because they lost an argument. I suspect this is true. I also suspect far more people than we imagine have become converts to Christianity for the simple reason that they were charmed by the beauty of Christ. I would much rather ground Christian faith on the beauty of Christ than on biblical literalism. Biblical literalism can be debunked by a college freshman, but the beauty of Christ can withstand the most formidable attack Nietzsche can muster. If I'm hedging my bets on the survival of the Christian faith as we hurdle into the secular age, it's because the king of hearts is still so beautiful. I'm willing to bet my grandchildren's faith on the beauty of Christ. And this quote is Brian's eyes. Now, what I want to make clear is I am not discounting the authority of the Bible and what the Bible says about Jesus. But what I do want to say to us is there are people in desperate need of the person of Jesus not just information about Jesus. So it might be great to have an Instagram post to send someone, or a podcast, or a a message, or um, even a Bible verse. And again, those are wonderful things. But I want to push you into a place where you know what it is to talk about the Jesus you know to somebody. And a challenge for you is a couple questions. Can you explain the good news of the gospel in one sentence in your own words? And can you articulate how you know the beauty of Christ in your own life? I'm just give us just a second to think about those questions. 
It's one thing to hear from someone else. It's another thing for you to know yourself. And if you're saying, well, I know what other people say about Jesus, and I might know a little bit about what the Bible tells me, and that's a wonderful place to begin. And there is a verse in Scripture that says, my beloved is mine, and I am his. And if you want to start anywhere, start there. Because it tells of an intimacy of a relationship with Jesus. And that is the foundation that we should be seeking. We should know him fully as um, as our friend, as our savior. So when we were completely undeserving, Christ died for us. And this is good news. This reminds us why we're here, sitting here in this church. It reminds us why we come to serve. It reminds us of why we tell people about Jesus. We need to be reminded of the basic truths of why we believe what we believe. And Peter reminds the church as well. In 2 Peter 1, 12-21, he says this, Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, like I'm reminding you. Yeah, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them, yeah. and are standing firm in the truth that you have been taught. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you for as long as I live. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life, so I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I am gone. For what we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when we received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice of the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So have you heard firsthand for yourself who Jesus is? Do you speak from personal experience when you tell someone about Jesus? Or is it a copy of a copy of a copy? And the truth will, will, it, it will last. Even if you seek truth that's a copy, it will last. But people want to know he's real from you. Um, so I want to give you just a quick story. So um, recently, a few years ago, I was living in Norway and I was going through like a missional um, study, um, and it was kind of like a six months like seminary. It was just really really small. Um, but we were going through learning about the Bible, learning about Jesus, a lot of things that are really good foundations. But I found myself learning about Him and not really having an experience with Him. And so we had a time of worship. And I asked Jesus, make yourself real with me. And in that time of worship, I closed my eyes. And he gave me in my mind a picture of his face. And he looked at me. And I will remember those eyes forever. And they were clear and they were loving. And he spoke words to me that came into my mind and into my heart that were specific for what I needed in that moment. And I saw his hands gesture in a response of where I was and what he wanted of me. And it changed everything because now I wasn't just learning information. Jesus was real. And it is something that you go from here to here and then when you're speaking to someone else, you can speak from first-hand experience. Um, and so I want to show a little diagram to you. It looks a little complicated. We are not in school today, 
But I want to show you um, a little diagram that I put together that kind of helps us when we are moving into loving and having action and what love does. So when we say yes to Jesus, and that means we are making him savior of our life, he is number one and we're following him. It leads us to spend time with him. We get to know him well. And then out of that, the outcome, the output of spending time with him, we receive his love not only for ourselves, but for other people. And then because we love ourselves, like he shows us who we are, we're confident in who we are. And then because we have his love for other people, we can then love others with abundance. And so I'm not saying that we all have to be perfect to love everybody. We can have a little bit of time or a little bit of energy. We don't have to be having everything to give to someone. But if you find yourself in a place where it's difficult for you to step out and love someone and take action because either you, um, you just don't want to love other people, like you just don't, it's just not a good day for you and you don't have love for other people, or you discount what God can do through you because you have doubts about who you are. But maybe take a look at this. Maybe take a couple steps back. Sorry. Take a couple steps back and go, do I need to spend more time with Jesus? Do I need to be filled up? Do I need to remember who he's made me to be? Because then we can only give out of what we've already received. And so I just want to remember that, that that is a good place to go back to if we're ever lost in that. So let's move into what love does. Let's move into action. So Bob Goff is an author. He has a book called Love Does. He has a company called Love Does. But ours is What Love Does. It's a difference here. But he does have a quote that's wonderful. And it says, love doesn't just think about it. Love doesn't just plan it. Love does it. That is a big challenge for us. We can have lots of ideas. We can have lots of intentions. But we need to actually go from what we should do to doing it. Because Jesus commanded us to do it. Um, and out of love for him, we respond. Galatians 5, 6 says, The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And you know, sometimes we need to get to a place where we change the way we think. You know, Jesus said this a lot. You used to think this way. What about thinking this way? He tried to change mindsets of people, of how they saw the world, how they saw how to love God. He just he changed mindsets. And what if we could change our mindset to potentially remove any mental obstacles that are in our way from saying yes to doing things in the name of Jesus? Maybe we have lies in our mind that we need to replace with truth. Maybe those lies are about who God is. Is he even worthy of talking about is he with me? Is he going before me? Is he um, worth taking a risk? Who are we? Um, maybe we believe things about who we are, and maybe we believe things about what we can do with him, through him, for him. So don't put a limit on yourself, and don't put a limit on what God can do with your simple act of obedience. So there's a couple different ways that we can show love in action. So everyone normally thinks of like, random acts of kindness, right? You think of Oh, you can see someone in need and you do something for them. And it might be simple, but it might be something that costs a little bit of money or a little bit of time. But it's a one-off. It's one time, and you do it, 
They feel good. You feel good. And this is great. And then there are things that you do that are long-term relationships. So what you're doing is you're committing to someone for a longer period. You are sharing about Jesus over relationship. You are being steadfast. You are being faithful and loyal. And Jesus uses both of those types of actions and love in action um, to demonstrate his love. So we're making disciples by being with someone long term. So um, last week, Doug and I were in London, and we were at an awards ceremony for his uni. So I got to be his guest, and we got dressed up. It was really nice. And we went from our hotel to the awards. Um, it was right on the, the river. Really nice. And I wore heels on this day, and they didn't fit, and they were awful. And I knew they were awful because I was walking out of the hotel, I hadn't even gotten to the tube station, and I said, I gotta take these off. I, the night hadn't even started yet, I have to take these off. So I knew I was making a mistake, big mistake. So by the time the award ceremony finished, we had to go back. And it's it, it a long walk, and you have to get on the tube and everything. And I thought I was playing it cool. I mean, my heels were bleeding, my feet were swollen, and I'm holding on to Dell. <laughs> and I'm holding on to him. And I didn't know that there were two women who were watching me who knew everything wasn't fine. And they were at the top of the escalator at our tube station. And I get up. And these women go, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Um, how much further do you have to walk? I'm like, this is a trick question. What are you selling me? I don't know what this is. I said, why? She said, we couldn't help but notice you were hobbling. You were in pain. And we would like to help you out. How long are you looking at me? It's very creepy. Here I am on a date with my husband. A while to get there. And they handed me an unopened pack of heel guards, like really nice quality plastic plasters that you put on your heel. They said, don't take one more step. Put them on right now. I'm in the middle of the tube station. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm taking my shoes off in the tube station. I'm putting them on. You know what? I felt seen. And I felt cared for. And I want us to remember, because I'm sure you have had an experience like that before. I want us to remember what it's like for someone to care for you in that way. And we can do that. It doesn't take much, really, honestly. They probably already have that in their back. It doesn't take much. But when we step out and we show the love of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we can really, really change things. Um, there is a very strong gardening theme this morning, and I'm going to contribute to that gardening theme. Um, so I am creating a garden in my back backyard, like we say in Florida. Um, and I have just grass, and I've got some beds, and some plants, and I'm planting seeds. And I just want to remind us that ideally, when we are investing in someone's life and we are showing the love of Jesus, we want to be able to see the process from the planting of the seed in our life, to the watering, to the cultivating, to the clearing of weeds, to the harvesting, 
and then also discipleship, which isn't in the analogy, but you know that that's there as well. Sometimes we don't get the opportunity to see the entire process, but your responsibility is to either plant the seed or water the seed or be there to harvest when they want to say yes to Jesus or to disciple them as they grow. And I just want you to say that it's worth it, even if we don't get to see the harvest. Be ready and available for any part of that process because God will use you in partnership with your brothers and sisters in Christ to be exactly what someone needs to be brought to Jesus. Um, So, again, we're talking about random acts of kindness, and the truth is, people who aren't Christians do a really good job at this. The world knows how to love. They do. So, I always get challenged when I am in a place where I can show love to somebody but there's more from like I'm doing it for something more. And that's why I want to really push us into in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Because we are different than the world. And it's wonderful that the world can show love. We are all capable of great acts of kindness and goodness and selflessness. And it can be a little bit scary to step out and do something for someone or to say, I'm committing to you. But it's actually more scary to trust Jesus and the Holy Spirit to lead us into specific situations to do specific things. But that's okay, because he's promised he'll be with us. To say the name of Jesus is scarier than to just go, and just walk away and just know that I did something nice. But when we're following Jesus, we have to put a little bit more into it because we have to do the work of knowing where God is in the situation. So there are a couple examples that I've written down, and these are just random examples. But it gets your mind thinking. So when we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us in the day, he might say some of these things. Why don't you go inside with Mackey's instead of going to the drive-thru? And you wonder why. Maybe it's because we want to make ourselves available to speak to somebody. You never know what will happen. What about if we said, hey, God loves you so much to the woman or the person at the tail of Tesco? Whoa, that would be scandalous. Um, Take cash with you today. Nobody takes cash. Nobody has cash. But if you have cash, guess what? You're now available to bless somebody. What if God says something specific to, for you to tell someone else? So for instance, hey, God wants you to know that he's real and he's heard your prayers. Mm. If somebody hears that, they feel seen in that moment, not by you, by Jesus. And now you've introduced them to a God who cares. What about, hey, go to that place, but wait until I tell you what to do next. That's scary. So you want me to get in my car and go to that place but not tell me why? You know, and so what I'm doing right now is I'm giving you examples of where we are surrendering our agenda and we are obeying the voice of the Lord in partnership with stepping into action. We are putting both of those in conjunction. We are setting ourselves apart from the world and saying we're doing it with a divine purpose and intention in the name of Jesus. So the thing about speaking into someone's life and telling them things is that 
you're speaking about who God has made them to be, and you're speaking into how he sees them, and that actually reveals the beauty of Christ to their hearts. The number one need of all humans that I believe is to be seen, to be known, and to be loved. And for that, there's no one like Jesus yeah, very good. to meet those needs. So you might ask yourself, what if I'm embarrassed or rejected or something bad happens? What if their life is changed in one moment by Jesus? We need to move to a place of boldness and of faith and put what we feel might happen to the side and put what Jesus wants yeah, in front. We are called to obey and trust that Jesus knows the perfect way to reach people. So, it can be scary, but it's something that we're not sent to do alone. He's not sending us to figure things out by ourselves, just like the disciples in Matthew. He's, he's leaving earth, he's leaving in his physical form, but he is saying, I will be with you. He's called us to make disciples because he's gone before us. He's shown us the way, and his presence gives us power, protection, and peace. So let's look at Matthew again. The last verse of this says, and please be encouraged by this, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're doing, and no matter what God calls you into to grow you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So because this is the last week of our series, we are going to do a response. And this is a time for you to have that boldness, to look at what it is that God is asking you right now. And why I have set up these sensations is because I want there to be a physical rise out of your seat, walk to something, and contribute what you feel like God wants you to do with this next thing. What have you learned? And what are you going to declare, commit to, reflect on? So, let me just quickly tell you about these three. You can respond to one, or you can respond to them all. It's up to you. But it will be reflected of what we've talked about. So, this one here, it says time with Jesus. Maybe you know that before we get started stepping into action, you want a moment like I had where you say, I know a lot about Jesus, but who is he? And so I want you, if you have time this morning, to just sit in your seat for a moment and maybe ask him to show himself to you. But what I want for the rest of us is if you know who Jesus is, write an attribute of who he is on a post-it note and put it up there. Because I want to encourage each other who he is. I want people who are learning about Jesus to see, what is he to you? He could be that to me as well. And we are going to discover together who Jesus is. And I want you to be encouraged by that. I want you to put down who Jesus is to you piece of paper. The second one is step into action. You can do that anywhere. The second to action. So you're in a place where you go, okay, I've heard it. We are going to love. We are going to step. Think of something that the Lord would want you to do for someone and be as specific as possible and write it on the note and put it there. And it also then will give other people ideas of what our community is doing for one another. There's also scriptures on each of them, and if you'd like to take a picture, um, just to know that that is encouragement for you throughout the week. And then the third one is listen and obey. 
Jesus, you're in a good place with Jesus. You're ready to step into action, but you want his direction and you want to listen to him to guide you specifically in the areas that you can go. So you just write your name on a piece of post-it. You put it down. And all that saying is, I'm going to say yes to the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be available to whatever he has for me. I'm surrendering even my good works, even my good intentions. I'm surrendering to what he wants to do. So the way that it's going to go is we can give you a few moments to just sit and think about which one of those or all of them you want to go to. And we are going to soft release, which just means if you have gone and responded, you're free to go get tea and coffee. We're going to play some music. Um, if you would like to sit and think about it a little bit, you can. Um, let me just pray for us, and then we will come check. Thank you, Lord, that you reveal yourself every single day to us. Open up our eyes and our ears so we can perceive where you are in our lives. Thank you for the reminder that you came to earth. You lived a perfect life. You showed us how to love other people, to make disciples. You died on the cross and rose again so that we would be clean and forgiven of all of our sin. Remind us of the truth, of the simplicity of who you are, and reveal your face to us so that we can know the beauty of you and we can share that with the world. We could change the world with the love of Jesus. And I pray for boldness for everybody here, that whatever their next step may be, whatever part of the journey that they need to focus on, that you would give them encouragement and boldness and freedom to say yes to you. And that we as a community would link arms together, united, and change our town in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.